We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, welcome in to another BuzzBeat, another BuzzBeat Twitter Spaces. Uh, we are fresh off the Charlotte Hornets, falling on the road, uh, 133 to 119. I'm Brian Geisinger. I will be joined tonight by my co-host, Lee. Uh, Richie is producing, and, and Spencer is, is catching a, a night off here, so... Uh, well, yeah, we're just going to run through this one real quickly, keep it pretty simple, but just talk a little bulls and buzz. Uh, Hornets made it a little interesting down the, the stretch of this game in the fourth quarter, but uh, Chicago, uh, I just thought the defensive ball pressure uh, at times in this game and, and really just like the shot-making and play-making uh, of, of their big three offensive pieces. DeMar DeRozan, 28 points on, on 12 of 20 shooting, uh, Nick Vucevic, 12 of 19 from the field, 6 of 6 from beyond the arc. I, I thought he was really good in the in the pick-and-pop game, but 30 points, 14 boards, 5 dimes. We should talk about um, Vucevic as a passer at some point uh, in this recording. And then Zach Levine, 25 points, uh, 10 of 18 from the field. But, yeah, Lee, just right off the top so we can go ahead and get into this, any sort of thoughts or quick reactions to Charlotte uh, losing their second straight game and, um, you know, one that's probably a little bit more expected coming on the road against uh, truly one of the elite teams in the NBA with the uh, the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, I mean, the Bulls, uh, you know, the Bulls are one of, I think, like the leading stories if you were just doing kind of a, uh, you know, this season thus, thus far storylines. Like, obviously, you would talk about Phoenix, you would talk about Golden State, but, like, I, I think you would get to the Bulls, like, fairly quickly – you know, for tonight, and, and BG, you were saying this a little bit, like, off air right before we started, you know, the, the Houston loss is frustrating because this is a game, you go into the United Center, you're in Chicago, you're on the road, you're down two rotation players. This is not necessarily a game that you would expect Charlotte to win, particularly when 
Chicago shoots 60% from the floor, 46% from three, and then 35 assists on 53 buckets. I think Mm -hmm. if anything stood out to me tonight about Chicago's attack, outside of kind of the, the big three that you just highlighted there, it's their ability to move the ball in the half court is really impressive. Some just like fire it around, boom, 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 passing. Um, mm-hmm. And then the other point about their offense is, man, they can get out in transition in the blink of an eye. Um, yeah. and, and really they're like, they're actually kind of electric in transition with their passing and some of their above the rim finishing guys. Um, it was, you know, it was, it was, a, it was a tough draw tonight. Hornets got back into it in the second half on the back of like some pretty impressive Terry Rozier shot making. They threw that matchup zone in there a little bit. Mm-hmm. They, they kind of like threw Chicago off for three to five minutes. And then they kind of like settled back in. Um, DeMar was awesome down the stretch. Um, so yeah, that, I think the Bulls offense is really kind of what, what um, grips me after this game. Yeah, offensive rating of 133 tonight for the Bulls. So pretty, pretty ugly defensive performance for Charlotte. You mentioned Chicago both in the half court and in in transition where they can be really, really electric. And I think in both of those situations, obviously the personnel is just like really good in general. And and Lonzo can really be a threat both in transition and in the half court. But they just have guys that just multiply advantage in those two situations even like outside of their two all-star wings with Levine and with DeRozan, because in transition, Lonzo with the shooting, the hit-ahead passing, um, you know, like it's it's in his DNA, like it is in Lamelo's, and with a guy like Vucevic, just his ability to pressure your defense at every level of the court. Um, I know he's having a tough season, you know, finishing um, in, in some respects, but. Um, not, 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 you feel like he just crushes Charlotte every time you get him. Um, but his ability to, when you're moving the ball around, you're, the ball's pinging around for Chicago in the half court, and then you can throw it into Vucevic and, you know, Charlotte's afraid of him one-on-one in some of these coverages. So they're, they're throwing a double team at, at Vooch and he was making good decisions all game. Um, I thought Charlotte's, I said this to Richie before we started recording tonight. I thought Charlotte's double teams against Vooch were too predictable. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just way too obvious. It was just way too easy for him to make a read. He could see where the double was coming from. And I thought the third and fourth defenders in those situations weren't, they were like a half step behind. And so guys, like it was thrown, thrown, thrown into Vooch in the post run cutters off of him in Chicago. Like they've got great, they've got very good personnel and they cut hard Caruso. Um, Fantastic golf ball cutter Caruso. Yeah. Green. I mean, Javante green, I thought had an outstanding game tonight for Chicago. Um, the, like the back end of this rotation, like the middle parts of the back end of this, this rotation is just like really athletic with Derek Jones, Jr. Javante mm-hmm. green, some guys that can really defend and, and, um, you know, screen, just do all like the little kind of gritty plays um, and, and, and play above the rim on both sides of the court. So just like very impressed with how Chicago's front office has sort of completed this person, the, the, the roster and the rotation around all of their all of their supernovas. But I thought early on, like the pick and pop game with Vooch was a big issue for Charlotte. Um, it's tough to ask Nick Richards, right, to to yep. drop and then to and then when 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 Vucevic pops to then be able to I mean I didn't think the weak side stunts were quite as good 
as they should have been. And so you're putting Richards in a, in a, t- in a spot that like most defensive fives like aren't ready to handle. Um, you saw Charlotte try to switch, but when they do that, then you've got to, then you invite Vooch to go down to the low box and then you've got a double um, and just like they could just move him around anywhere on the court and kind of get, a, you know, a good shot or, or get, get a little bit of advantage and, and play off that with, with cutters. So yeah, just, it's a tough matchup for Charlotte, but I thought this was a game where and we, Lee, you brought this up. They're missing two guys from the rotation, like really thought Cody Martin would have been helpful in this game. Just having one more wing defender. If you're playing man, having one more guy that you can throw at, Levine that you can throw at uh, Lonzo that you can throw at DeMar DeRozan. And if you are in that zone, we'll just like one more active defender. Anyways, I, I just thought that's like, and I think Plumley too, you know, for all of his, I don't think Charlotte is like, does well guarding pick and roll, like in conventional fashion, you know, drop the big guy and, you know, right. they, they, they have the point of attack on ball defenders to get over the screen and to, to play at the level or to drop, like they just, it's really leaky when they do that stuff anyways, but I do think they sort of miss the ability to like try to like conventionally defend pick and roll tonight. And so that's why the zone was so necessary. The switching was necessary. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Under construction, uh, would you like to, uh, what were your thoughts? What do you want to offer on uh, tonight's game here? Um, All of our defensive struggles we have yet to find I guess an answer for these defensive struggles and I'm, I'm starting to wonder 
you know, is it kind of fair to ask this roster to defend consistently and play at such a fast pace? You notice beginning of the fourth quarter, you know, when we defend well, I think when we defend well, we, we, we trap the ball well, we play passing lanes, you know, we look a lot more energetic. But again, at the same time, is it kind of unfair to expect us to do that when we're playing at such a fast pace? And, you know, one more thought, and I'll take it off here. It, it feels like whenever we go matchup zone, which ironically I used to hate, but it feels like at least this season when we go matchup zone, it feels like the effort is better. It looks like the effort is, is there when we when we go there. It feels like it forces the players to kind of engage more defensively. Again, you know, we've been looking for answers for our defense for a couple of seasons now. I definitely don't have them. <laughs> but I just kind of wanted to see what you guys thought about that. And I'll, I'll take it off. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Under Construction. Those are – I think those are fantastic points. Um, in regards to the matchup zone, I mean, we, we've certainly talked about it a lot on the pod – um, I think I think I think it's BG that's kind of described it as, as a little bit of an off-speed pitch for JB to throw. Not something you want to necessarily give a consistent diet of. They did make that run uh, late in the third quarter, early in the fourth quarter in that matchup zone. And I do think the I do think the personnel and the players on Charlotte like do you know however you want to word it like I do think they they get some energy from it they're comfortable in it they know it's something that they can go to to you know just get teams off balance particularly in a game like tonight where Chicago just looked unbelievably comfortable on the offensive end and Charlotte in the in the kind of more traditional man-to-man look was was incapable of getting stops really look like there are obviously structural issues um with this team defensively you know this is a team that gave up uh what 120 130 points to the houston rockets a couple nights ago bg and spencer had a really good pod earlier in the season after the first west coast trip losing streak kind of talking about our point of attack defense and our rim protection to very integral parts to uh, half-court man-to-man defense that the, that the Charlotte Hornets do struggle with right now. I would be interested in your thoughts, BG. I think I think it's a good question. Um, when you talk about pace and you talk about defense, I think, I think Charlotte does well to play in pace offensively. This is kind of how this roster was structured around LaMelo Ball with some of the off-season signings, some of the departures – um, so, so like, I think they do well to play in transition offensively, but obviously that does lend you to getting these up and down games and against a team like Chicago that moves the ball so well, that likes to get out in transition. I, I think JB has tried to get away from what he did early in his tenure in Charlotte when he didn't have quite the horses that he does now, kind of that more like classic, slow the game down, less possessions, Bigger, you know, try and stretch out your margin for error, which was very thin in those first couple years. I don't want to overreact too much. I mean, we know that this team is probably going to be a below average uh, defensive defensive team when it's all said and done. I think you just have to hope that it's 18th or 19th and not 25th or 26th. Yeah. Um, and the offense is hopefully going to be a top, 14 top 12 top 10 offense yeah I think that these these like these differentials you're just you're touching on I think it's the difference between Charlotte as like you know some type of a you know 
uh, a, a play-in team that might have its back up against the wall a little bit, or a team that's you know maybe maybe in the playoffs or or has an easier path via. Uh, the play in and yeah, they've got to be able to get the defense up to a passable level. The zone's going to be part of that. I mean, I mm-hmm. do think like the, the, what Charlotte has to do because the defensive personnel on this roster like is not great. It's better, I think, when PJ is is healthy and a part of the mix for sure. Um, and, and I thought tonight. I thought he moved, was moving pretty well tonight. PJ, I did too. I, I did too, and I would like himself. I wish I wish we could have seen even more PJ offensively. Like he, yep. he was red hot out of the gate, uh, just bombing um, you know little like relocation threes or pick and pop threes. And I thought he had a nice like one on one defensive possession late in the game against Vooch. Like where 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 where, where uh, Vooch tried to sort of like back him down and power over the top. And PJ made a nice play there. I, I thought Jalen McDaniel, I mean, like brutal night shooting the basketball right. for for Jalen. But um, you know when he gets to play in that two blocks, and I think when you get to see him in that zone, I think Jalen's instincts and, and as like a help defender and his length can can really be can like, can be a weapon for Charlotte. You know, look, I'd love for Charlotte, for the, the Hornets to have a, you know, like an A1 stud point of attack defender that you could just say, all right, here, you know, we're going to put you on the, the opponent's top guy and this is how we're going to guard pick and roll and we're going to use it to sort of like wall off the paint a little bit. We're going to play to the level or and drop or we're just going to drop, you know, whatever. They don't, they can't really do that. And um, because the Rozier LaMelo backcourt really just does not lend itself to that. And, for right now, like that, and for the foreseeable future, that's the backcourt in Charlotte. Um, it's going to be it'll be fascinating to see like how they complement that um, going forward. And uh, but like, like the Hornets needing improved point of attack defense. Um, I mean that's 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 nothing new. This has been a, this has been a trend for years now. But so because of that, I think they have to move the target around defensively. They've got to change stuff up. But knowing how much they want to a run and how, how much of an issue they have just doing like conventional defensive things. The zone is really helpful because you can use that to, to force turnovers. And I mean, the Hornets, this Hornets roster, they do lead the league um, in pace just ahead of golden state in San Antonio um, offensively averaging 13.8 seconds per possession overall. That is tops, in the league, they're the fastest team in the league after a made opponent field goal. Um, tenth fastest after a uh, turnover, eight point eight seconds uh, per possession. So, like, yeah, they want to run. They, they want they want to fly around. Everyone knows this now uh, with Lamelo. And, and then one one more thing I do also want to mention too, like uh, you know, Chicago didn't even need to shoot this well from the mid range to to win this game, but the Bulls going six of ten from four to fourteen feet. An 11 of 19, 58% from 14 feet in, out to the three-point line. Then you had nine of 18 from above the break threes. Just like they were, they were red hot on some like kind of tougher shots. Now I think some of those were you know open catch and shoot threes, and some of them were just like really tough shot making. DeRozan hit some ridiculous shots, ridiculous shots. Yeah. Um, you know off the dribble in in the mid range here, but. Um, the zone's got to be a thing for Charlotte. It's just going to be tough against teams that have high level wings and that can pass and have a, have a, have a, like a stretch five hub on offense like Vucevic. So something that's like a little, I guess, ancillary to under construction's point about 
how fast we're playing and does that make it difficult to guard, which I, I think is a fair point. But I also think this team just has to play with pace. And the offense on net has been so good this year. I don't, I don't think that's necessarily something you want to change up. Uh, but, but specifically tonight, and I get that it's like kind of an isolated situation because Plumley and Martin are both out. But I was kind of interested pregame wondering if JB would kind of go down the bench a little bit. I mean, you know, we talked about Richards, how he struggled in his minutes in the in starting the first day and the second half. Um, effectively, only seven guys played tonight, you know, and the the lowest minutes out of those seven guys is McDaniels with 27. So it was basically seven guys playing 30 minutes tonight. I mean, look, I, I know you look down that bench with those two guys out, and there's not a whole lot there to, to grab onto. I thought maybe this was a night we would see, you know, see an appearance from book night, or maybe it was, it was a night where we'd get a little bit more ish Smith. Obviously neither one of those things happened. So I do think it's like a fair point in an isolated incident to say, well, if we're going to play with pace and we're only going to play seven guys, it is tough. It is tough to ask this team to, to get stops against again. And I, you know, I know we're kind of like beating a dead horse here, but against a team that is one of the better offensive teams in the NBA and that does move the ball around, pops it around, and likes to get out and transition. So, yeah. you know, I think JB was between a rock and a hard place, but I, I was interested to see if he would go down the bench at all today, and he didn't. Yeah, and just like I, I mentioned this to Spencer a couple weeks ago when he and I were recording, we're not going to get into it tonight, but at some point, because we're a quarter of the way into the season now, we, we like – it's a long season ahead. James Booknight's just a rookie. Like he was drafted four months ago or whatever. Sure. But like we we maybe need to have a conversation at some point just to sort of be like, well, what do we think is that? You know, <laughs> what do we think is happening, and, and where do we th- what do we think is going to change that's going to um, you know allow James Booknight later this season or next season sort of become more of a potentially more of a thing in the the rotation for Charlotte. It's just it's in a weird state right now as Charlotte is obviously playing older guys and, and trying to really gun for the, the playoff spot. But to answer the, the, like to circle all the way back to the the question, I, I feel like I, I touched on this with really out without outlining it specifically. Like, yes, I think tired players are something you have to consider leave and just brought up how skinny the rotation was tonight. But I think what I was trying to get at earlier was it has more to do with personnel that I think mm-hmm. than it does style of play. And part of like, you know, the good and bad of this roster are why Charlotte hat why Charlotte wants to play fast and wants to play frenetic and wants to force turnovers. Like you should want to play like that when you have LaMelo, mm-hmm. but I think it's also a byproduct of them not being able to just like grind out defensive possessions over and over and over again. You've got to junk it up, you've got to speed it up, you've got to force turnovers. So who knows? Maybe that is that is creating some type of like detrimental loop for them defensively because you're trying to, you're forced to play a certain kind of style. Um, and perhaps that's also making you slightly worse in those within you know, on a possession by possession basis. Um, it, it's tough to say, but I think it has more to do with pers- personnel than anything at, um, uh, at this point. And uh, yeah, I just, you know, I think Cody Martin would have been, would have been very helpful tonight. And I think uh, certainly Mason Plumley could have also helped a little bit as well, but for Charlotte really to like fix the defense long-term, like beyond this year, you know, 
it's going to be finding someone that you can really reliably funnel actions into at the center mm-hmm. spot with pick and roll action and finding more, you know, wing stoppers, basically. Um, I think they have some good perimeter defenders on this roster with Cody Martin and McDaniels. And I think PJ has made some real nice strides as like a switch center. But, uh, but if that's, if that's like the most you got the offer, that's, you know, NBA good NBA teams are going to you know routinely be able to like you know just go at you. Um, yeah. And I thought, and then just last thing I would like to before throwing it back to you, Lee, that I would like to touch on with Chicago here too. I just thought they like they did a nice job just like adjusting on the fly when Charlotte started switching, they started slipping screens. You know when they go small, they could either match up or they could keep uh, Vooch out there and throw it into the post and let him pick on people. You could see them trying to move. Vucevic around and having him guard some of like, you know, Charlotte's like lighter usage three and D type wings as opposed to putting him on PJ, but Charlotte, I mean, you know, they're going to counter another, you know, Chicago's counter and they start using Jaden McDaniels uh, or pardon me, Jalen McDaniels as a screener uh, against Vucevic. And I thought they had two good possessions uh, going that route. Yeah, yeah, you don't know the the Charlotte, you know, issues on the road uh, and and against a team with that with that much firepower offensively, um, you know, it's a recipe for for trouble, you know, especially down to rotation players. So, uh, Lee, any other thoughts on this Chicago game, whatever they may be? Yeah, l- last couple quick thoughts. Um, uh, you already kind of mentioned it, but and look. Mason Plumley is, is is not an elite defender by any means, but but I do think he would have at least and 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 he would have struggled with Vooch stretching him out at times too. But I do think Charlotte would have been more capable of le- of of not having maybe not necessarily not having to double as much, but not being as like predictable about their doubling with Plumley yeah. against Vooch rather than either Richards or PJ or even like Bridges or McDaniels at times, which was just kind of untenable defensively. The um, so, so I think that's, that's something we were missing tonight. Also like Chicago, I mean, believe it or not, like Caruso is, is, is kind of okay when he gets stuck on, I mean, not even necessarily just like to our specific game, but like when he gets cu- like stuck on these hybrid three, four guys, like it's not that big of a deal. They kind of leave him to, yeah. to guard those guys. And he does yeah. quite well. Um, so, and, and frankly, DeRozan can do that a little bit too, although he's obviously a below average defender at this point is in his career. Um, and even Lonzo, like, I mean, you don't want him getting stuck on like miles bridges a ton, but in a pinch, like it's not the worst outcome for them. Obviously Javante green can do some of that too. So they've just got kind of these, you know, defensive-minded guard wings with size and kind of defensive prowess that that makes them a tough team to match up seek against, which is obviously mm-hmm. something the Hornets do a lot. Um, so that was that was a problem night. And then the last thing I was going to say, BG, is we definitely called. Uh, I think it was a week and a half or two weeks ago. Like Rozier's been red hot. He's, he's yeah. been, you know, he's six yeah. or seven from three tonight, 31 points. He's going to get that three-point average back up to the high 30s, maybe maybe even the low 40s by the time the season's over. Um, you know, we were both talking about how we thought he'd kind of shoot like 50% from three over a two-week stretch, and sure enough, that's happened. So uh, Rozier looking like the Rozier of last year, I think is in general a great thing. 
Um, and then also, I think obviously PJ's still working back into like true game form. But tonight, mm-hmm. not only the shooting, I thought he was really good on the weak side a couple times as well. Coming over top, a couple steals, couple deflections, and a block against Vucevic. And then you mentioned he did have a couple decent isolation defensive possessions against Vuce too. So. You know, and, and uh, you know, Rozier looked like he was hurt late in the game, but he came back in the game and looked completely fine. So that was good to see. This team, you know, everybody's dealing with injuries in the NBA at times this year, and but you know, we've got to get our rotation guys back and healthy with a full cupboard. You know, I still think this team will. You know, there's going to be stretches where where defensively. They just dropped some games, but I also think again we're going to see like some four and five game win streaks too, like we did two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, uh, I agree with everything you just said. Great points about PJ. Um, we've got one more. We're gonna hit one more speaker request here. Um, welcome in. Uh, I, I love this name. Eight oh eights and snack breaks. Uh, welcome in. What would you like to uh, talk about regarding the Hornets and uh, and or this game with the Bulls? Hey guys, I appreciate you having me on. I am a Bulls fan, and I do live in Chicago, but I've yeah. kind of been sneaking kind of the under the wire. Hornets fandom for a couple months now, about a year now. Nice. <laughs> uh, don't tell anybody though. Um, <laughs> Your secret safe. Know. I don't think too many Bulls fans are listening to this pod. So uh, also, I appreciate another Kanye reference with the, yeah. uh, the under the wire uh, fandom for the the Hornets too. I appreciate getting an, another one of those in here. Oh man, I appreciate somebody appreciates my corny stuff. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need to go with my talent to appreciate it. Um, yeah, <laughs> but um, you know, I have been a Miles Bridges believer for a very long time now. Uh, I wrote an article back in April or May of this year, and he was my MIP pick. And it's just kind of crazy that now that he's put it all together, he's literally doubled his points. Like his percentages may be down, his passing may be down, but the points—you know—that's what mm-hmm. he's kind of been lacking so far up to this career. But he's having a phenomenal season. Oh my god! Like. He's exactly what I thought he was going to be eventually. Um, as far as tonight, though, uh, you know, you guys are shooting, I think, 37.7. It's like the first in the league at three-point percentage. Um, catch and shoot threes, first in the league, uh, which is why P.J. Washington was having Vucevic uh, and a blender in the first quarter. He had like 12 points, like 4-4-3. I'm just like, man, can we like get somebody out there? Like, can we stop this guy, man? Um but, yeah, it was a great game. It was a great game. Um, even though, like, you know, the thing was we were up by 20 at one point. Zone defenses, I don't know what it is about zone defenses and the Bulls, but the Pacers <laughs> deployed it. We lost by 32. The uh, Rockets deployed it. We lost by, like, three or whatever that was. And then he played it. I mean, he deployed it. Uh, in the second and the fourth quarters on Saturday, we lost. And uh, Borrego came out, did it again. In the fourth quarter, and I think that was when you guys were like a seventeen to four, like nineteen to four run, and I'm just like, okay, uh, <laughs> is this another game where this happens? Uh, but you know, luckily it didn't happen. Vooch, um, I've been saying since the beginning, if the Bulls are going to go anywhere in the playoffs, man, uh, Lonzo Ball is not the third option. It has to be Vucevic. Uh, that's what he was brought in for, and that's he, that's his role, you know. That's what he's paid the big bucks for. He is an all-star center at the end of the day. But, um, you know, I really like what the Hornets have been doing. I like the moves they've made. A lot of, you know, 
Hornets fans caught flack for uh, Devontae Graham and how they went down. But honestly, I think you guys are better without him. I mean, decent shooter, you know, when he's hot. But his field goal shooting is terrible, and it's been bad for a while. Um, you know, if it's not a three, you know I mean? I don't know what else you could really do with him on the court. But you guys are, like, really, really good, like, the Hornets are such a slept-on team in the East. Yeah, those are uh, first off, nice call on on, on Miles Bridges as a potential most improved player <laughs> candidate. That, that's that you that you that, that may end up proving to be correct. I know there's some other worthy candidates for that as well. I mean, I agree with what he said about Vooch as being like you know one of the the, the, the main three offensive cogs for Chicago. He he's a matchup issue, and I think the Hornets are really they're they're fairly. They're not very well suited to handle Vooch, and I just thought I thought everything they did defensively tonight was in response to how he was pressuring them defensively, whether that was shifting defenses, trying to play some zone, doubling the post. It, a lot of it felt like it was in response to different ways that Vucevic was hitting them up uh, all night. I got to say, I don't necessarily agree about this team being better off without uh, Devonte Graham, um, really. Do. I know, I know, he's just one of those weird players that we talk about all the time on this pod. Like he can't get to the rim. He doesn't shoot well from inside the arc, but he is absolutely um, a valuable offensive player, especially if you have you know a, a guy like Miles Bridges playing with him or PJ Washington playing with him. He, he can really be a threat if you give him some guys that can screen and and be their own threats after they screen and slip or pop or or, you know, dive bomb to the rim. So, you know, I think he, there have been a couple of nights this season where we thought, you know, it'd be really nice to see have Devontae still on this roster, especially since, you know, Ish Smith is basically like outside the rotation now and they're really going all in on Rozier as the full-time backup one, which, you know, I think has been, I'd have to dig into the numbers a little bit more. So I don't want to speak definitively on it. I feel like I'll, some I'll nights, you, uh, yeah. I was just going to say real quick, like, Early in that experiment, when Ish first came out of the rotation, those numbers were fantastic. Of course, it was a super small sample size, and I haven't—I yeah. probably haven't checked in two games or so, so I'd have to dig back into. But they had—they had, those numbers had taken a big nosedive. I've—I figured. I mean, that—that that, you know, Terry's a, a very good offensive player, but um, you know, running a second unit is is maybe really like not you know where his skill set is sort of like right. best geared for even if he has you know he can string he can put together stretches that are decent or pretty good or 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 what have you i think it was in the minnesota game like when he was playing some backup one in the wolves chris finch had them going zone a little bit and with terry in there and i was like that that actually seems like kind of a mistake that i felt like i feel like charlotte with rosier at one against the zone is, is is maybe a little bit more comfortable than them, you know, trying to have to like run a pick and roll to crack a defense or whatever. But um, look, we appreciate uh, those of you who joined us live in Twitter spaces, or if you're listening to this tomorrow or, or later in the week on Wednesday, appreciate the participation, uh, 808s and snack breaks. I think I'm going to go get a little snack break uh, <laughs> after this. I, I queue up uh, the Virginia and Iowa game from earlier uh, tonight before I go to bed. And um, in under construction, who joined us once again up ahead for the Hornets doesn't look too easy. They've at least got the opportunity to get some rests. I think like they've got, you know, there's no like back the next six games, um, only one back to back 
Um, that'll be kind of tough. But Bucks on Wednesday, you know, you're getting Milwaukee at a tough time. Giannis has been amazing. They're rolling. Hawks on Sunday, back-to-back with the Sixers on Monday. Then you play the Sixers again on Wednesday. Kings two Fridays from now. And then the Dallas Mavericks uh, the following Monday. So these are some tough games. You got guys like, you know, uh, Giannis, Luka, Trey Young, who is a horrible matchup for sure. Charlotte as well as evidenced by the last time Atlanta and Charlotte played one another. So some tough matchups. That's why Charlotte really shouldn't have played with their food and should have just beat the doors off of Houston the other night, but uh, water under the bridge now. So this has been Brian uh, joined by my man, Lee Richie on the, the ones and twos. See you next time on buzz beat. Yeah. Go Hornets. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.